Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ditch the Hustle podcast. I'm Amanda Rootsy. I'm Nicola Newman. And I'm Naomi Arnold. We're business coaches and founders of the Gentle Business Mastermind, which is a global year-long experience for kind-hearted entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, makers of beautiful things, creatives, coaches, teachers, writers, and small business owners. If you're feeling overwhelmed by six-step methods and the constant hustle of the business world and would love to grow your business in a way that feels gentle, then you're in the right place. If you're ready to take control of your timetable and life so that you can make this business of yours work for you rather than you work for it, you'll find tips and inspiration here. If you're ready to break free from unhealthy habits and being on autopilot, to truly embracing your unique way of working and honoring your energy while still showing up for your business, then make yourself cozy. We've got lots to share. Over the past number of years, we've held space for people to build their businesses with a gentle, sustainable and socially conscious lens. Because the truth is, most of us were not taught how to craft a business that actually feels good and works in with our values, energy levels and personalities. Instead, many of us are left believing that in order for our businesses to succeed, we must work harder than ever before, hustle and wear ourselves to the bone. Through our Gentle Business Mastermind and through this podcast, we've supported thousands of people to play and explore with what gentle business looks like for them. This isn't just for the introverts or the highly sensitive folks. Through creating engaged, supportive communities, working alongside one another and our combined brains trust, we've discovered that gentle business is a possibility for everyone. This is not only about building a business you love, but as one of our guest mentors, Lena West always says, building a business that loves you back. To us, gentle business is a choose-your-own-adventure rather than a one-size-fits-all approach, and we can't wait to go on this adventure with you. Now we invite you to take a moment to take a deep breath, shimmy your shoulders, roll your neck, and settle in for another conversation about growing your business gently. Welcome to the first episode of the Ditch the Hustle podcast. In this episode, we wanted to introduce ourselves a little bit and explore what ditching the hustle actually means. Um, I'm here with Nicola and Naomi. Hi. Nick, what is, hi. <laughs> what does ditch the hustle look like and feel like to you? It's a big question. It's a great question though. It's a big question and it's a great question. Mm, I think for me, ditching the hustle is about really honoring my own energy rhythms and knowing myself well enough to trust in that creative process of when I'm working towards a project in my business, to know, have an idea of where I am at in the creative process in terms of my menstrual cycle. That's um, really useful for me to help plan my energy and projects around. Um, And also understanding that I really know that I don't produce my best work if I'm depleted or exhausted or stressed out. So for me, self-care is a huge component of ditching the hustle and it's about prioritizing, taking care of myself, um, filling my well of inspiration, nurturing my creativity and being really connected to my heart so that that then flows into my business and um, helps to resonate and hopefully be of service to the world. Yeah. What about you, Nay? What does ditching the hustle look and feel like for you? Ah, as you said, it's such a good question. 
I relate to everything that you just said. And I think for me, it's shifted a lot over time, depending on whatever's been happening in the background. Ditching the hustle has meant something else. But at the moment, at the moment, it feels like ditching the hustle means living first and then making my business work with that. I feel like historically, I've done it the other way around. Business has always been the first priority, and then I've tried to fit everything else around it. And so now I'm practicing doing it the other way. And, and I hope that doesn't sound like either or, because that's kind of the dynamic I'm playing with is letting go of that and finding a way where I can still show up and do business, but without sacrificing myself and the other things that I want in life. So how does that look as someone who runs online programs and is a business coach? How, does, how has that changed the way that you're working at the moment? At the moment, I think, I think because since I've started my business, so much has changed. So in, you know, in year one, I had a newborn and I had a dad who was in hospital a lot. And so it kind of looked very different then, whereas now you know, dad's doing well and my little ones at school. So I, I feel like I, it's been time for me to reshuffle my priorities a bit. So for now, it means I'm kind of building in a lot of rituals and practices that ground me first and how I want to show up and spend my days and then still get stuff done throughout them. I'm not sure if that really answers the question directly. It's still doing most of the things it's just the order of when I do them has changed. Mm. And that's kind of what we've always talked about is gentle business, isn't it? Is, is that there's not one way to do it. There's not a specific method to follow, but it's more about tuning into what you need in your life and what your business needs from you in that moment. Hey. Hmm. And what about you? Yes. What does it mean? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get out spot-free. <laughs> <laughs> I like interviewing you both. <laughs> um, for me, at the moment, it's actually spending time on getting systems in place and doing the stuff that I never thought would feel gentle, but taking the time to look at what's working, to automate a few things, to put together a really robust operations manual, think things that just don't feel gentle or creative in any way is actually feeling really supportive right now and it's helping to create more space in my week, which is in itself feeling way more gentle. Even if I choose to work in some of those pockets of space, it's having that choice and then choosing what I feel like working on at that moment. And like you said, Nick, it kind of generally means that when I, whatever I choose to work on at that time, um, I've got the energy for it and I'm inspired to do it. And so it happens way faster rather than those, those moments where you start, sort of, you know, push through because you've given yourself a deadline and, and feel like you have to, have to stick to it. Yeah. It's like you show up feeling so much more in flow and focused and inspired or clear headed or something. Yeah. And so Nick, as someone that is a creative coach and an artist and who just happens to live on a sailboat sailing up and down the East coast of Australia at the moment, how do, you, how do you even find time to focus on your business when you've got such a, a fluid lifestyle? Mm, yeah, fluid's a great word to describe living on a boat. <laughs> There's a lot of rocking around that goes on. <laughs> yeah, so it's such a good question. I find that for me, I like to have 
the bare minimum of things in my calendar. <laughs> and those things are really the, um, the locked in dates and appointments. And say, for example, when we have community calls for our mastermind or um, recording calls such as this for our podcast, I'll put them in my calendar. And those are the things that I know need me to show up at a certain time. But for a large portion of the business, it's really quite flexible uh, in terms of when I need to be taking actions to create things. And I use a different system to help me keep track of all of those things. And at the moment, and for the last number of years, about five years probably, my favorite system of choice is Asana. And I love to just keep all my projects in there. And I have multiple, multiple projects in Asana that help me to just trust that my ideas and the action steps that I need to take are not going to be lost so that when I'm focusing on creating one particular project, I can um, focus there and if another idea comes to mind, I can jot it down and then redirect my focus back onto the thing that I'm creating now. So I find that having yeah, some systems and tools in place like that, very supportive of such a fluid lifestyle and having a lot of conversations with my husband as well about what's going on in the business, when I need to be somewhere, where we need to be able to have internet um, and timing things with weather and all of that is uh, in some ways a lot more complicated than living on land, but it's also incredibly fulfilling um, in many ways as well. So it's something that I prioritise and I'm willing to do at this season of my life. Yeah, well, and so... I love what you said there about the season of, of your life too and the season of, of your business. Well, I was going to say, um, I love, Nay, that you were talking about this time now being in your business and little Daniel just had, what was it, his fifth birthday yesterday or was it six? How old is six. he? Six. And I think that that's a co- part of the conversation get, that gets missed quite often is the different stages that our businesses go through as they grow and evolve over time. And I heard a wonderful analogy the other day about it being like an acorn and a huge oak tree. And when we first plant the seed of our business, it starts to grow a little sapling and we can sometimes try and hang so much off this little sapling. We're trying to put a hammock on a sapling and we'll break the business thinking that it can support much more than it's ready to cope with just yet. And um, the things that Nay was talking about, you've now got programs and offerings that you've developed over the ensuing, you know, five, six years that you've been working on the, your business that help to shape how you show up and how you schedule your time. And it's not like you can't be gentle in the early stages, but you need to be really intentional and understand your own expectations, I think, so that you don't set yourself up for failure when you're thinking that your business should be behaving like a, you know, a, a three, four, five-year-old business that's been able to thicken up its trunk a bit and be able to offer a bit more support. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely it. And I think for me, it's also been, I have to remind myself that things change and to check in with that because otherwise I get locked into a way of doing things that may not be working anymore. So when you do have a little one at home and you're juggling a million balls, like I kind of got into the pattern of, well, when I have time to myself, that's when I need to get as much business stuff 
done as I as I can, which I think for a point it was still like that was still gentle and inspired and fun and energizing and all those good things. And I loved it. It's not necessarily sustainable forever once you're going into year five, six of your business. And I don't have to be like that anymore because now he's at school and I have more time. So I think it got to a point for me where I hadn't realized that I now had a trunk and (laughs) that I had like the soil had shifted around me and (laughs) like all these things had had shifted. It took me a a little while to realize that and to go, okay, I should adjust some things now. And Mm. yeah, I'm sure it'll happen again. Mm. Lovely check-in for everyone to take a moment to to think about the way that they might be running their business at the moment and whether it is the right way or feels like the best way for where the business is at right now compared to where it might have been 12 months ago. And keeping in mind, I think, the big picture, this is where we could talk about, you know, the value and the beauty of having a lifestyle business because I think we get so caught up in the glitz and the glamour of bigger, better, best in the entrepreneurial space, particularly in the online entrepreneurial space where it can feel like if you're not making the X number of dollars, then you are not as successful as so-and-so. When in fact, if you can be really clear and intentional around what is important to you in your business and in this season of your life and look at the whole picture, you might find that you're already successful right now or that that success is actually a lot, lot closer and with a few tweaks, you could be experiencing it you know, in a short space of time by clearly defining what is important to you because it's not always about, it's not always about having the biggest influence. It can be really intentional, really intimate and beautiful. I love that. Like having an impact on one or two people is is just as valuable as having an impact on thousands. It, it just comes back to what, where you want to honour your energy and your time and, and how you want to have that impact, whether you do want it to be a deeply personal experience for one person or whether it's always been your dream to reach a particular number. So different for everyone, isn't it? Mm, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And money's not always tied to that, is it? To how we make impact and to measuring that impact. So much of what we're doing in those early phases where we might not be making a lot of money, we're making a huge impact. And setting the foundations for for that money to come in. I saw a little um, image yesterday that was talking about how a woman had run one workshop and, and had three people. And then the second workshop, she had no one. And then the fourth workshop, she had four people. And now two years later, she had 300 people. And it was such a lovely reminder that um, it's okay to, for things to take time to grow and to hang in there and that not everything happens instantly as much as we tend to see that online and get that instant gratification with so much of what we do these days. It was a really lovely reminder to, to see that and go, oh, that's right. <laughs> You've just got to hang in there sometimes. Yeah, that's right. And trusting that um, there's, there's gifts in whatever life throws or whatever comes along in our present experience there's a gift in that and if we can approach it with um, a trust that uh, one for one it could be this too shall pass if it's a really painful time but also look at it with a lens of um, you know what can I learn from here or what am I grateful for here 
there's usually something that we can take from that experience. And it might be that you're getting an opportunity to deepen your methodology or to expand your capacity to hold space for people or you're just building confidence in your own um, skills. And those are all really, really valuable and really like successful experiences to have. And I think that they can be overlooked very easily in that journey to the next um, measure of dollars coming in. Mandy, when you were talking about seasons before, I know we're skipping back, but you were talk- you kind of mentioned that in the past, some of those things that you're doing now wouldn't feel so gentle as what they are now. How do you kind of do that check-in with yourself and determine what's, what's feeling gentle now, even if it wouldn't in the past? Or is it like, is there something or you just realize when you're doing it? <laughs> yeah. No, there would be some things. Um, some actual practices that help me to, to get clear on that. I think in the Gentle Business Mastermind that we, that we run together, I love that every, at the start of every week, we just take a moment as a whole community to set our intention for the week and to decide on what our three most important tasks are and have a think about how we might look after ourselves that week. And even just thinking back over the last three weeks of doing that, I noticed a particular feeling that I felt each time I did that and it, and it just triggered something for me to, to go, oh, I think there's something that I might need to change there in the way that I'm working because I haven't got to that task that I've said I'm gonna do, I was going to do for the last three weeks. But without that check-in, I wouldn't have noticed that and I wouldn't have had a deeper thought about why that might be. So a little ritual like that of just checking in at the start of the week and then a more of a macro look at it of checking in once the quarter of how things are going and you know the quarterly check-in that we tend to do always really helps me to get a bigger picture of of how things are looking but then there's definitely that combination of just seeing how things feel too I think um I feel like in the early stages of my business the first few years uh I only focused on what I really had to do to move forward with a project that I was working on and, and a project that was going to bring in money particularly as I was growing the business. So um, things like taking the time to create systems and that kind of thing didn't feel good at that time because I just wanted to focus on the things. Um, I just wanted to do the bare minimum to keep me moving forward because there was so, I felt like there was so much to do and so many different hats to wear that I just at that moment felt like the most supportive thing I could do was to just do what needed to be done in that moment, whether it was putting out a Facebook post or anything sharing yeah. on boards about your events and yeah yeah focusing on PR and, and building that that community but I would have felt really stressed at the thought of having to document everything I was doing at that time and, and also because in the early stages you're still playing and exploring what feels good for you and what works and those sorts of things so to document it would have meant probably you know throwing that away a month later because I was still figuring out what, what worked. I did that lots of times when I tried to document things in the past. I was like, I oh, know, I'm still doing it that way. So it was pointless. Yeah, I'm so nodding along with everything you're saying, Mandy. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thanks, Nick. Yeah, it's just funny how things, things do shift and change, don't they? And, and without an opportunity to stop and reflect for a moment, you can often end up doing things the same way for months or years, like you mentioned, Nay, um, before recognizing that. You can, throw, you can throw out that manual and start again if you want to or you can burn up that way of doing things or you can ditch that project and start on something new. You don't have to be locked into the way that you've always done things in the past. 
And that's the great thing about, I guess that's where we're lucky with having community around us and hosting community spaces is you get inspired by what others are doing as well. So when we see that feed and everyone's sharing what their intentions are for the week and their priorities, and when we have our community calls, it, I just find they often spark that review process and the ideas for what I can shift and, and shuffle there too. I find that too. And then sometimes I will have had an idea of something that I want to try and implement in the business, but I don't really know the nuts and bolts of behind the scenes how to implement it. And I've found being in the community has been so useful just to get my head around, say, developing an operations manual or a social media library and things like that, that before seems like these very abstract concepts in my very visual brain. And I needed the strengths of other people in the community and you in particular, Nay, with systems and breaking things down. But everyone, like it's amazing how that brain's trust can lift all What's the thing? What's this? A rising, a rising tide lifts all boats. <laughs> That's uh. <laughs> appropriate, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. And you get to actually, like, sometimes you hear ideas and you think, oh, that's not for me, don't you? You're like, oh, I'm not structured or that's not how I work. But then when you see, when you see how people, different people are kind of making it their own, it inspires perhaps what elements you can take for yourself and what you can leave behind. And mm. Again, what might work in a season and what might not. And yeah, we're pretty lucky to be doing what we do. (laughs) Very, very, very. And I guess I wanted to pivot now and just highlight that while we were speaking before about it being not necessarily everything hinging on making the dollars, we also understand that it's important to bring in income and that's what makes it sustainable and thrive. And it's not as though we're sitting running uh what's it called when it's not a not-for-profit but it's um we're not running charities <laughs> we're doing we are in business and um and we are making profit as well and I just wanted to explore Mandy for you I know you uh have somehow done this magical thing that a lot of people would think is impossible building a gentle business and also moving into that six-figure realm how did that feel for you? Did it seem like something that was possible in the beginning? How did it unfold with intention or was it, um, yeah, take us on that journey a little bit. Hmm. Yeah. If I think about if, if I had spent time really visioning where my business would be in five years, the way you're supposed to do with business plans and things like that, if there's no way it would have looked the way that it does now, it was certainly a process of being open to the possibilities that your business can unfold for you and that's what I really love about working for yourself is that the possibilities are endless and depending on what you decide to study next or where your passions might be or whether you end up living on a boat you know you can everything can shift and change with that so I think the growth in my revenue really came from listening to what people were asking me for initially what they wanted to pick my brain about what they wanted to take me out for coffee around Um, and for me that was uh, I've been running programs for teenagers for a long time and, and I was getting a lot of adults getting in touch with me saying, I want to do what you're doing. How do I get started? And when I realized there were quite a few of those questions coming, I started to craft a program that I wish I had when I started my business. Um, so that eventuated in the youth mentor training, which is an online program for adults that want to work with youth. But 
there's no way I, I had the intention of creating that when I started out in my business. I just loved working with young people and loved the excitement of creating new programs and, and new ways to support them. Um, so it's this lovely surprise thing that, that came about, I suppose, um, but it's now the thing that brings in the most amount of, of money. It's the thing that gives me more time and space in my calendar to then be able to do other things for young people that I perhaps didn't have time to do before, like writing a book or, or doing something with a community organization that may not have been possible before because I really needed to earn a particular amount of money. So, yeah, it came from a little bit of just trusting that what was coming um, was worth paying attention to, letting go a little bit of the expectations of that and the little voice that came up over and over again that it wasn't my time to do that yet, or I didn't have enough qualifications for that just yet, or, you know, there's always something more that we feel like <laughs> we need, or I certainly have that little voice that comes in at times. And just really honoring what people were asking me for and getting clear on what that was and providing that and, and not not having to be anything more than, than that, I suppose, um, and not letting my head run away with it with itself around what that should look like or whether this has been done before and, and those sorts of things. Does that make sense or was that a random tangent? Oh, no, that was great. It makes heaps of sense. There's so many things that you've said there, like being, you know, that sometimes we can feel like we need to have this business plan that's mapped out right from the beginning and that that's going to be our roadmap and our pathway to X, Y, Z. And I think that so much of the magic happens by having a plan and then also being really – paying a great deal of attention and really listening to your life and to your customers and to yourself as those things are unfolding each moment. And that's where all the information comes. You know, it's like, it's like if we start looking, for me, if I was to look at a blank canvas and have an exact picture of the painting that I'm going to create, I know it just doesn't happen like that. That's not how life really happens. And our minds love to tell us that that's how it happens and we can't start until we know how everything's going to fit together. But it's actually from getting in there and interacting and engaging with what's in front of us that we start to get the information that we need to be able to keep making decisions and keep tweaking things and creating new things and making new offerings and invitations to clients and customers that we can craft a business that is both sustainable and nourishing and successful on our own terms. So I just love what you shared, Bendy, and that process of letting go of expectations is so so important as well. Beautiful. Something you've always shared, Nick, that um, I've always hung on to is this notion of, you know, when you are painting a canvas, it's not just the moment that you get the paint and you put it on the on the canvas that is the creation of it, you know, that pottering around and, and having little ideas pop into your head while you're doing something completely random is still part of the process. And that's really helped me let go of this idea that that we're working on the clock and that we're not working unless we're sitting at our desk, you know, working away at something, even if it's pointless and it's, and it's um, not very productive, but that stepping away and going for a walk or those sorts of things is actually still very much a part of the creative process or, and about working too, because you're, you're giving yourself that space to explore those things. Mm. Yeah. I um, was thinking this morning that I was really lucky in a lot of ways to have found the artist way book by Julia Cameron, when I was at art school and 
to read that book when I was at such a young age. I think I would have been 18 the first time I read it and how much she highlights the value of filling your own well of inspiration and that that has underpinned so much of my life's decisions and it's fed back into my work and made things so much more joyful <laughs> because I'm feeling inspired. And this morning before we have had our call for this recording, I had an hour between having finished breakfast and then I'd been doing some emails and admin and catching up on things. And I thought how easy it would be to have that mindset of thinking, well, I've still got an hour before the call, so I'll just push myself through and keep ticking off all these lists, these things on my asana because that's what I should be doing and that's work. But instead, I checked in and thought, I'm actually feeling a little bit tired now. I've been at this for a couple of hours. Um, the best thing that I need to be doing in terms for my work and for myself is to actually take a break, to go and have a rest, go and see how my husband's going um, and watch an episode of our favorite sailing channel on YouTube, you know, and so that I was not feeling drained to then be able to show up on this recording and be m more energized to show up fully here. And I think that it's uh, a practice that we can develop of checking in with ourselves and developing that trust in our intuition and in our honoring our bodies as well as what our, like what our bodies need. Because sometimes we get so caught up in just our heads in our culture and as business owners that we can forget that we're a body as well. And we have to look after ourselves energetically to be able to do what we do. And Naya, someone that did come from working in government and in a very regimented um, schedule, did it take you time to, to find what works for you in your business? Definitely. And I think, again, that that also changed with the evolution of things. I need more now. I think I need more time now than what I did in the beginning for myself and fulfilling that well of inspiration like you were we're talking about Nick. I feel like when I first started, I was just so energized and excited and inspired and free of the public service that <laughs> <laughs> it felt like it was full. And then fast forward a, a few years and I needed to find some more sustainable and consistent ways of refilling, I guess, that well of inspiration. So yeah, I guess it did. I, I, I think maybe the the joy of leaving <laughs> did that trick for a while and and then I had to learn new ways. And having said that, like even in the public service, I had I probably did more healthy things there to go through my work day than what I initially did when I had my business. So I would take I would go out every day and get some sunshine after being cooped up in the air conditioning and the buildings and surrounded by lots of people. I would always go out and sit, I say, in the sunshine, but depending on the time of the year in Canberra and amongst all the tall buildings, it was often icy cold and freezing. But I would always go out and do that. We would like have little challenges where we'd stand up and kind of move our bodies a bit while we're working. And you know, I would do a lot of the things that, that would help. I would prioritize exercise and what I'm packing for my lunches and and then, yeah, I, I think when I worked for myself, I just got caught up in this mode where I didn't always do those things and had to re-examine what that might look like and remember that I left so that I could enhance that, not so I could take them away and, and hustle, hustle, hustle. Yeah. <laughs> it's a tricky thing to navigate, isn't it? 
I imagine from going from a um, environment where you had a steady paycheck and you could be reliant on that at the end of the week or end of fortnight, whatever you um, pay structure is, to then being in a space where it's really all up to you to generate every dollar that comes into the business and to um, adjust the way of being because there's so much that goes into that transition space um, that it would be incredibly easy and it is incredibly easy to just keep being pulled by that very primal instinct in us of survival that we need to work and to gather all the acorns for the winter, Um, (laughs) you know, and I guess that's a lovely thing about being in the mastermind is kind of sharing those experiences with other people and being in a space where other people also value and help to hold us to account taking care of ourselves along the way and not letting those fear-based thoughts of never having enough to drive us into the ground because it's actually a a false economy. It won't work in the long term, um, but it's the way, unfortunately, our brains, I think, tend to be wired. Yeah. And you can't help unless you're mindful of it. You can't help initially comparing how much you make in your business to how much you made in your prior role. So when you're like me, when you come from a well-paid government position, where you are getting that steady paycheck, as you mentioned, but also like quite a nice paycheck <laughs> every fortnight and leave where you could take leave and still get paid and, you know, where you could get maternity leave if you had a baby and you have all these benefits and you go from that to then starting a business that doesn't have all those benefits initially and doesn't have that steady paycheck. And I've found and I I'm sure others do too, that you can't help but just instantly try to make that your goal to kind of match that amount of money that you are making and to kind of measure success by things like that. And I found myself forgetting to look at how different they are and what other benefits I was getting as well through having my own business and even financially, like the amount of things that you can claim as a business owner (laughs) that you otherwise would have had to have paid for as a government employee. And yeah, I just found that there's a real kind of shuffling that you have to do there in so many senses, or you get caught up in just the same patterns. And if anything, perhaps some worse patterns. I hear coaching clients say that they catch themselves turning into a much harsher boss than that they've had in the past for themselves. And uh, that's really what we're trying to avoid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you find, do, do either of you find it takes a sort of a level of self-discipline to be gentle in your business? <laughs> yes. That was such yeah. a great question. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that one coming really. Love it. <laughs> Definitely. And I think I've said to you, to you both before for me that I think only just this year I've been encouraging myself to get ambitious about being gentle and if I can be ambitious about other goals, I can be about this too. And yeah, I've kind of, I have had to (laughs) do exactly what you said. You've been kicking me out of the park too, now you've been taking weekends off and closing down your laptop. Um, on Fridays and it's been a huge shift and change in the rhythm of your work week in the last number of months. It's been beautiful. 
to watch. And at the same time, <laughs> at the same time as a caveat to that, for me to jump on on the weekend and do my work because I've, I'm in a different life um, circumstance from you and it doesn't have to be the way that you're doing it. Um, mm-hmm. And it actually is more supportive for me to work on the Sunday this week because my husband was also working and we want to plan to be able to head off sailing and and then, you know, there'll be times when I'm not. But I think that, yeah, that freedom and giving ourselves permission, giving yourself permission to choose what is nourishing and supportive to you in your life circumstances is um, a big, big part of what we love to support um, our clients and members with and trusting that you do know what's best and trusting that you will get done what you need to get done even if it's not today yes (laughs) yes yeah definitely that last part (laughs) (laughs) what about you mandy do you find that it takes a level of discipline to be gentle or are you naturally gentle because you come across as a like probably the most gentle person i've ever met yeah you can just assume that it's just natural for you so (laughs) no i do feel like there needs to be a level of discipline there for sure. Um, what does that look like? Is that like setting up structures for yourself and boundaries or is that just a level of discipline in terms of, um, yeah, what does it look like? Mm, yeah, it's all different, I think. One thing that comes to mind is when I get on a roll with something, I can just keep going and going and going and going. Um, and even your story earlier about how you had an hour and you chose not to work, I spent that hour going, oh, I could just get through a few more emails and chose that option. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> Which maybe was a good option. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. But yeah, hearing you say that made me think, oh, that's right. I could have, I could have made that same choice too and probably um, would have really benefited from that. So there's a little bit of that, I, I think. I guess my daily, there's one daily practice that I'm really disciplined with, which is my meditation. That, that happens every single, every single day without, without fail. Even when we're on retreats together, you'll still be able to meditate, which I think is amazing. That's a lot of discipline. Mm. <laughs> and when we've gone to bed late. Yeah. <laughs> I'll still sit up. <laughs> yeah. But there's a lot of ways where I actually feel I think I've been really hard on myself for many years, feeling like I procrastinate a lot and that I'm really lazy and that it then takes a lot of discipline to to sit down and get things done. But from constant conversations with you two and by having opportunities to interview mentors in our mastermind, I just love hearing how other people work and, and what works for them. It's I've softened a bit with that, I think. I feel like I've found a little bit more self-compassion. And that way I'm not spending so much time feeling like crap about myself and beating myself up, which takes time and energy in itself and can just... It's exhausting. Yeah, that's right. It's exhausting. I can just embrace the, the three hours of couch time if I feel like it and then get back into things rather than push myself when I don't feel up to it and then berate myself for that and then not really get anything done anyway. So there is that. Yeah, that discipline of checking in, I think, having the discipline to check in and the little boundaries and things too, which I know you're both really great at as well. Always a work in progress, that one. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, maybe I am. (laughs) It's like I'm kind of reactive to how I have learned boundaries, I think, in, in history. Something hasn't worked, okay, I should do something about that next time. It'd be nice to be more proactive. 
That's how you learn though, isn't it? By reacting to those moments. Yeah, it's true. And what you just shared probably transitions nicely into what we were thinking about talking about in our next episode around what that looks like in a week and day, gentle weeks and days. That'll be great. Oh, how curious. <laughs> Looking forward to diving into your habits and how your week's structured and all of those nitty gritty things. We better make sure that we have some discipline and stick to them when we talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we hope that our conversation today, some of our ramblings and sharings from our personal journeys in our businesses and from working with other clients has perhaps sparked some ideas or a sense of possibility where you may not have even realized there was a possibility of growing a business sustainably, consciously and gently and that you will come back. Come back. <laughs> come back. For the next episode. <laughs> Don't miss. Yeah. Ditching the hustle. <laughs> and let us know. Let us know what that means to you, ditching the hustle. I would love to hear. You can find us on our Instagram and at Gentle Business Mastermind. We've got gentlebusinessmastermind.com. If you go there, you'll be able to download a really fantastic ebook that includes is it 25 prompts to grow your business gently? It's a lot of ideas anyway. It'll mm. loads of practical resources and tools. And um, what else, ladies? That's it, I think. I think that's it. I think you covered it like a professional podcaster. You? Mm. <laughs> I should have rounded up. <laughs> Thanks so much for being here. It's been so fun sharing this adventure with you. <laughs> Choose your own adventure in the business world. Teaching the hustle together. And that wraps up this Ditch the Hustle podcast episode. We sure hope you enjoyed it. If this conversation stirred up a desire in you to explore what doing business gently might mean to you, you can get direct support, guidance and tools from Amanda, Naomi and myself in the Gentle Business Mastermind. It's an experience that supports new entrepreneurs and existing business owners to grow their businesses gently, sustainably and consciously. Along the way, you'll meet an incredible community of guest mentors and other gentle business masterminders from around the globe who you can both get support from and offer support in return while you explore growing your own business in alignment with your heart, vision, values and energy. Registration for the Gentle Business Mastermind is open in February to early March of 2020. You can find out more about it at gentlebusinessmastermind.com where you can also download our free Grow Your Business the Gentle Way ebook. It's full of inspiring tips and prompts to help you do business gently in your own way. Until next time, we wish you a truly beautiful day ahead. Mm-hmm.